The average U.S. driver spends 97 hours stuck behind other cars in traffic. This is the equivalent to two and a half work weeks, which is a large chunk of our year. When you add that up to how many years we work within our lives, you come to a number that asks us why. Why are we spending so much time in traffic? The average human lives for about 80 years, and through that time span, about 13 of your lives will be spent at work, at an office location, away from your family, away from your friends, away from the things that you love to do. Here on this podcast, we're going to challenge that. See, 16% of companies around the world are already 100% remote. And for some of us, we've been working remotely from our homes, from beaches, from t-ball games, from wherever we want for years. Here on this podcast, we're gonna challenge the status quo. We're gonna talk about new innovations. We're gonna talk about the ways that we can better our lives for good. We're gonna talk about the biggest challenges associated with remote work, unplugging and taking our businesses, families and lives back and putting them wherever. Welcome to the Work Forever Podcast. What's up, guys, and welcome into another episode of the Work Wherever Podcast, where every day is Saturday and we talk about working wherever. We talk about remote work, remote trends, technology, all of that fun, fun stuff. And so we have four different models of this podcast. So we have the uh, solo episodes, which, surprise, that's today. Uh, we have the interview process, which I have no guest today. The seat to my right is empty. Uh, then we have two other new podcast-type models that we're going to introduce. Uh, one is Sydney and I are going to do what we call uh, Internet Hotspot, which we're going to go through trending articles within tech and talk about them. And then we have another, uh, which is going to be trivia, where we're going to have myself, Sydney, Haley, uh, some other employees that will be revolving and then guests and we'll do some trivia travel i think was on there sydney told me the other day what all what all they were i think it was like travel uh, remote work technologies uh, applications uh future of work maybe was the other one i forget um we haven't done a trivia yet so i don't really know yet uh, sydney's in charge of, of putting that whole thing together so i'm as interested as you guys are, it's going to be. So I'm looking forward to some trivia. But today is just me talking. You get me. And it's kind of a, a hotspot 
episode, but not really. Sydney's not here to talk about it with me. So, but this is an article that came out today from Forbes. And the article is titled, Is Collaborative Intelligence the Future of Work? Now, you might be asking, what is collaborative intelligence? And so to understand that, we first have to understand what artificial intelligence is. And artificial intelligence or machine learning is where you essentially teach a machine how to do something. You teach it a process. And then the more information you give this machine, I'm paraphrasing, of course, there's a lot more that goes into it, but you teach a machine or a computer something, a process, generally speaking, and then it can understand that process and due to, you know, if then statements or uh, knowledge of, and by knowledge, I don't mean it's free thinking like humans. It's more knowledge in a sense of it, it can understand what certain things are. So you teach it something. So if you have a camera, for instance, that's using Python is typically the language. But if, if you're, you have a camera pointed at your cat door and you're saying, hey, camera, only let my cat inside everything else lock the door so nothing else can get inside right you don't want raccoons or uh mice or squirrel or i don't know what else you got out there i don't know but you don't want anything else to come inside you just want your cat so what you do is you upload like a thousand pictures of your cat and you say you tell the machine this is my cat this is what it looks like different angles and then the machine says okay you, by using the camera, and you typically have to use like a deep lens from AWS or uh, Microsoft Azure has a product as well. It's a smart camera that then analyzes the uh, animal that's coming to the door and it says, hey, does this look like any of these pictures that uh, the person who designed this said that it would look like? No? Lock. Yes? Let it on in. Right? That's how Essentially, that's a, a very dumbed down version, but that's essentially how artificial intelligence um, machine learning type processes work, right? So what is collaborative intelligence? So collaborative intelligence is the process of, which is what we do at Capital Presence, which is the process of eliminating uh, the tasks that nobody really wants to do. You know, the uh, the kind of boring, mundane, administrative, paperwork-esque tasks and handing those off to process automation. So it could be a bot, maybe. Uh, most of the time it's not a bot. I do believe that collaborative intelligence will start to gear towards the bots. There's actually a Microsoft product called Virtual Agent that's been in beta mode for a couple of years. Uh, we've developed a couple different bots some of the bots that we've built, just to give you an example of collaborative intelligence, we have an onboarding bot for our HR department. So we hire somebody, they come on in, we give them a whole bunch of paperwork. We say, here you go. This is the paperwork. If you have any questions, feel free to let us know, or you could ask our bot, Cloudette. And so Cloudette has a couple different answers pre-programmed into her. So if you say, hey, what trainings do I have to take? Cloudette will come back and say, well, what department are you in? And you say, you know, IT or sales or marketing or whatever. And whichever department you click, it'll give you the trainings that you need to take. Quick, easy, simple, right? Then it'll say, hey, what's our 401k plan match? And it will and it has pre-programmed answers and information based upon trigger words. So if you use a series of words or trigger words that we've pre-programmed into the bot, then 
it will give you that information. Now, if instead of saying training, if you said like, what uh, videos do I have to watch? Claudia won't know. I'm like, what are you talking about? You have to use specific terms and words, and the more words and terms that you give the bot, the more likely of an of a answer, the correct answer that you're going to get, right? So think of it as if you're teaching somebody a language. Uh, if you teach them that, you know, a beer is beer, or a, and I ask for a drink, and you don't know that a drink is a beer, then you're not going to give me the right thing, right? So if I ask for, uh, and to that same example, if I ask for a beer and say, hey, can you get me a beer, but you don't know where the beer is, you don't know if it's the or the cooler, or it's on the, you don't know where it is. You have to, so you have the more information that you give a bot or a piece of technology, then the more likely you're going to get the correct information back. So we use this internally for, like I said, onboarding. We use it for uh, process automation, for like support tickets. So if a client fills out a form asking us for support or sends us an email or something like that, then that has support in the, in the title, then it will add it to our ticket log, stamp it as new, alert everyone that something has come in, uh, and then um, based upon who has what, you know, potentially assign that ticket out, right? And then, oh, by the way, it also emails the client who submitted it to say, hey, we've got your ticket, don't worry, we're gonna get to it, kind of a thing, right? Uh, it also gets status updates. And then if it is a work stoppage, it will automatically call a meeting and invite people into the meeting to say, hey, we need to meet right this second. This is a work stoppage. Everyone's pinged. A meeting is created and we all jump into the meeting, right? That's an example of collaborative intelligence. And so this Forbes article calls this out. Now, if you've been paying attention to this podcast or any of the speaking that I've done over the past three years, you'll know that there's nothing new that I'm about to say. I just simply like that Forbes is finally catching on. But it says, after years of obsession with AI capabilities, which we just went over what that are, and the fear of loss of human jobs due to AI, that's a real concern, by the way. AI replacing jobs is still a major, major concern that uh, we should all be very afraid of. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. But we are now more than ever acutely aware of its limitations and the indispensability of human intelligence. So thank you, Forbes, for saying that there are capable, uh, limitations to artificial intelligence because, like I just said, you have to program this stuff. It's not like uh, Terminator where you just hire a bot and he comes on in and can do your job, right? You have to program it. Somebody has to continuously teach it things as new things come out. You have to update it. So there, it, there, there is a sense of human interaction currently. I'm not really sure who wrote this article and how in-depth of knowledge they have of artificial intelligence but there is something called super intelligence that if you want on a if you have a trouble falling asleep and you want to get into some conspiracy theories or it's not even really a conspiracy theory it it, it could potentially happen you know but i guess it still is like a conspiracy theory at this point but there are businesses and enterprise organizations who are investing millions of dollars into the technology it's called super intelligence and essentially what it is is that the computer will understand when it's out of date and it will upgrade itself teach itself new words and new things and so then it could pre-program itself and so that super intelligence type knowledge is terminator that's terminator that is we understand that humans can unplug me that's a bad thing destroy humans 
right? Uh, that is the doomsday of super intelligence. So if you want to down, if you want to look into some super intelligence stuff, maybe we'll do a podcast on super intelligence because that is a uh, that's some serious scary stuff, man. Like my uh, dad worked for a couple different big agencies, big companies uh, that did storage, cloud storage, and they also do artificial intelligence. And if I named their companies, you would be like, holy crap, those are big players. You probably own multiple products uh, in their homes. I have multiple products around me in this room that uh, they manufactured. So they were spending lots of money on super intelligence like 10 15 years ago so that'll give you an idea that super intelligence is on its way so i digress but thank you forbes for saying there are limitations and indispensabilities of human intelligence because maybe people will catch on and think that is true because uh right now it might be true but 5 10 15 years from now Ooh man so research over 1500 firms across industries revealed that in Impressive results were found only when companies engaging in collaborative intelligence uh, existed. So what that is, is that is the partnership between humans and machines. So it is a coexistence within work to say that there are human interaction, humans generally doing the more roles that they want to do. And I say want in quotation marks. So it is the more interesting roles, the more roles that more heavily align with what their job title or uh, descriptions are. So these are more of the roles that are more engaging, thought-provoking type of roles. Uh, and it is taking off of the, the roles that historically people have said that they hate to do, paperwork being one of them. Um, some of the things that, you know, from a, that's like from the marketing perspective, right? These are the tasks that nobody wants to do. From the business, I'm going to save a whole bunch of money by investing into this technology. It is saying that your paperwork and your other tasks are gonna get done a lot quicker and faster and you'll support your worker who can then focus in on what you actually want to pay them to do therefore you will be making more money that's kind of the idea right if i have an electrician and that electrician gets paid to install like uh, light bulbs and electrical outlets and those types of things what is a better use of my money in paying this individual is it for them to be on site installing these things or is it for them to be filling out paperwork uh, and doing administrative tasks i can tell you as an electrician that electrician wants to be on site and doing install they don't want to be doing paperwork and you as an employer want to have them doing installs because that means you can charge more get products done faster get installs done faster that means you can bring on more clients so that's the those are the reasons for both sides wanting to do this and uh you'll you'll reinvest so we've been saying this for years so uh, since 2016 we've been saying that through robotic process automation which that the robotic process automation that i'm talking about the statistics i'm about to say is now seven years old you could save 30 hours a month per employee so nearly an entire week of savings per employee per uh per implementation so depending on how many employees are involved in the process you could be saving multiple weeks right so now things are moving quickly so let's see what else this article has to say because i thought it was pretty interesting it says the great resignation was a moment of truth people are now seeking meaningful jobs that fulfill and are not shy about switching them which 
we had Katrina uh, Gazarian on. She was the first podcast back of the Work Wherever podcast. You can go listen to it, 001. Uh, where we talk about the great resignation or she calls it the great realignment and she specifically called this out saying that people are leaving their jobs simply because they don't feel appreciative they don't feel like it aligns with their core values it's not something that they really enjoy doing they want to be doing something else and so a lot of that has to do with hey what don't you like doing well i have to do a lot of paperwork and over here i can just be an electrician there you go so that is collaborative intelligence in a nutshell which this goes on to say 44% of employees are job seekers uh, during, the, during the Great Resignation, which I've seen multiple different numbers of that, but that was a 2020 Gallup report. Uh, and then there is a uh, the Broken Workplace, which is a Gallup report that revealed an astonishing data fact <laughs> that only 15% of the world's 1 billion, that's, that's a big number, 15% of a billion <laughs> Full-time workers are engaged. So only 15% of these billion people who filled out this survey, according to Gallup's report, uh, feel like they are engaged at work. So why aren't they engaged? Probably because they're doing things that they don't want to do, right? Uh, that's That's a pretty good guess, right? There are multiple reasons why somebody would be not engaged or disengaged at work. So uh, I'm not going to speculate, but this does say that over 40% of employees are spending at least a quarter of their time on manual repetitive tasks, which that is what collaborative intelligence comes out to seek. So this article goes on to talk about how you can, you know, there can be collaboration between voice AI and human agents and AI enabled uh, automation favors the human workforce by taking away the now low value tasks and leaving the interesting and creative ones to the humans. Right. So this is all this is all good. And if if it is to stay here, but you could also look at this and say that this is the first step towards super intelligence, which is a very dangerous thing. So you have to be very, very careful here. Now, if you are uh, somebody who is paid to do these mundane, repetitive tasks, then this is bad news for you already. And I will tell you that if you are somebody who files paperwork and you are somebody who walks the halls to collect signatures, which uh, 15 years ago, I was developing apps to put those positions out of business. So if you're still doing that, then your agency is likely very far behind and um, watch out. So if you're somebody who's doing one of those, then I would urge you to look into data positions, data entry, data management, because that's the next administrative task. The next administrative task is data management and data entry. Like I said, in order for these applications to run, in order for collaborative intelligence to work, you have to tell it what to do. And the only way you can tell it what to do is to upload thousands of pictures and pieces of data and pieces of information so that they can run and think and learn, right? So if you want to keep an administrative job, that's a really good one to keep and a really good one to have. So be on the lookout for data entry. It's a high school diploma, it's it's, it's entry level IT stuff. Uh, a lot of developers hate doing it. I hate doing it. So those are the next wave of entry-level positions. They're the, the blue-collar tech field, if you will. Uh, and they're great. 
for entry level. You'll learn a lot about databases. You'll learn a lot about data. You'll learn a lot about reporting and dashboards. And a lot of people who are moving up in the development world start as data entry. So no slight on data entry people. I'm just saying that if you're doing an administrative task work and you're somebody who is uh, moving paper from one side of the office to the next to collect uh, signatures and then putting them into the uh, computer, saving them onto a, uploading them and saving them to the hard drive and doing that sort of thing for, for document management, uh, look into data management, look into uh, cloud document management, look into this type of stuff uh, because it's it probably fits your skill set. Um, and you probably might, maybe might get a bump in pay, but you're an entry level and this would, this would um, be the next step in terms of collaborative intelligence. Now, there are a few hints in this article that kind of tipped me off at, at that this is the first step uh, to super intelligence. And one is it's Forbes talking about something that's five years old. And so whenever a big publication like this talks about something that's five years old, you're either doing it to reassure a trend or you're doing it to uh, kind of ready for the next trend, right? You're talking about, hey, here's the statistics that show that this is next. Or you're saying, hey, we've been right. But this article does neither of those. So to me, I'm saying it's more of the latter. It's more saying that, hey, we're going to uh, ready everybody for the next wave because the next paragraph statistic it says is about 70% of contact center calls are about simplistic tier one issues. So there are tier one, tier two, tier three. Those are the types of call center support issues. Tier one is pretty low level self-help generally. Tier two is there is some involvement. Tier three is you need a support development team behind it. Generally speaking, that's what tier one, two, and three equals. You'll you'll hear some of the self-help stuff, which a lot of the um, support centers have gone to as tier zero. It's a, you're not even going to get to speak to anybody, not even a bot. It, you're going to type something in and here are some articles that may help what you described, right? Generally, tier zero doesn't work and people just get pissed. But about 70% of contact call centers are about simplistic tier one issues. AI would automate these calls and prevent agents from engaging in these conversations as queries on account balance, departure timing updates, servicing dates, etc. That's the part where this article loses me. Everything else where it was talking about how to do your job better, quicker, faster, uh, you know, reallocating time to, from uh, mundane internal tasks to billable, totally on board. That paragraph that they just said, is where you lose me because that's the mindset that I've been fighting against for the last three, four years is to say, people don't want bots. How many times do you call your support center, your, your phone company, your cable company, and it's a bot and they're saying, what's your account number? Dial your phone number now or say it, you know, and you're sitting there just pressing zero to hope to God somebody answers. That's what that paragraph says. Is that statistic right there that 70% of call centers are about simplistic tier one issues? Well, good. Give them someone to talk to so that they can get their simplistic tier one answers. Don't send it to a bot, right? That, that right there really makes me mad. Now, will there be bots in order to give people quick answers so they don't have to be on hold? Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. If I can go to a bot and I and I can go to a hotel bot and I can say, 
hey, here's my reservation number, what time's check-in, and it spits out a time, and I can be on my way and I don't have to call anybody for that, hell yeah, that's what I want. Now, if I am trying, if I'm mad and I'm trying to install something and my TV won't turn on or my phone is broken or and I am calling you know, the phone company and, and they're trying to grab a whole bunch of bot information running around in circles, you've just made me more mad. And that is that portion, 70% of, hey, maybe we can turn this into uh, collaborative intelligence. No way. No way. I want to talk to somebody. And if it is an actual tier one support issue, that means that it should be relatively simple. So you should have low wait times. So that means that the support center should be able to help me very relatively quickly. And oh, by the way, a customer service representative talking to me is going to make me a more loyal customer when everybody else is going this to collaborative technology and relying on AI to spit out BS. And it's just going to make me more and more mad. I don't do business with companies who don't speak to me. I don't do that. I don't like it now when I have to go into a company because my phone's broken and they're like, we can't help you here. You have to go online. I'm like, nah, I'm out. You guys aren't worth the headache. So you're going to see a lot more of that where people want to talk to humans. So be very careful with how you implement your, your collaborative intelligence because that right there where it's talking about tier one issues, that is a very dangerous route to take. To, that'll potentially destroy your business. It does then go on to talk about a couple other different transcripts around voice AI agents and uh, some you know some other thing. The customer doesn't have to repeat information, saving time and their agents' time while enhancing the experience. No, bullshit. I, I'm sorry, but I am hitting zero five thousand times. I hate repeating myself. That doesn't help anybody. All it does is get somebody even more and more aggravated. Now you you will hear that there are certain bots and i'm doing that quote air quotes there that can tell the tone of somebody's voice when they're on the phone so if somebody says you know what seems to be the problem that person says you know account information then you're the bot is gonna continue to try to get more information out of you whereas if you're saying let me effing talk to somebody then the bot will say oh you're pissed so i'm gonna send you through and you're gonna wait right so that is uh they that, that there's a claim that that's out there I've never been around a system that has that. I've heard of it. Never been directly involved. I'm sure it exists because there are voice analyzers for AI that are built in to, to analyze stress in your voice. So I'm sure it exists. But like I said, all of the bots and call center systems, because I've built a bunch of them for some big name companies, probably one or two that you've used, um, they didn't have that. It was just voice dialing and you're just asking, what's your reservation number? Blah, 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 blah. Check-in is at this time, you know, please be, here are some uh, uh, key information for you kind of a thing, right? So uh, it does go on to talk a little bit about post-call summary feedback, which is cool, right? Like, okay, you just got off the call, so I'm gonna transfer you to the AI bot. The AI bot can do the post-call survey stuff. Why not? Human agents can easily schedule and plan outreach campaigns to their customers, sure. I when I hear that there's a, an AI bot on the phone, I hang up immediately. I don't, want, I don't want to talk to it. Even when they try to make it sound like there is somebody in a call center where it's like, uh, you know, they have the, the person will call and it'll be like, 
hey, it's Rebecca. And then there's like the people talking in the background unnecessarily. And I, no, hang up immediately, block. So the article goes on to talk about some other things about like KPIs and, you know, all kinds of other stuff. But I just found it interesting that Forbes posted this, this article because I've been saying collaborative intelligence for seven years and I'll continue to say it. I think that collaborative intelligence is the future. Uh, I think it's the now. I think that if you're not doing robotic process automation and teaching robots how to do your simple mundane tasks, then you're falling behind and you are losing money. Now, if you want to invest uh, into your people, you still need collaborative intelligence so that you guys can talk to each other. In fact, the basis, the very basis of this show is built around displaced workforce, and that can't exist without collaborative intelligence in some form or fashion because I can't physically fill out a piece of paper and then, you know, hand it to you and then you process it, right? I mean, if I'm on a beach, what am I going to fax you something that I just filled out? No, I'm going to go into an application. I'm going to digitally sign it. I'm going to send it to you. It, it, we're going to process it, right? And you're going to cap that signature. A digital signature is going to capture my name, my information, and the time, right? That is collaborative intelligence. That's the that's a very simple way of doing it. But the very premise of displaced workforce and how it works is using collaborative intelligence. So collaborative intelligence, you need to get into it. You guys need to look into robotic process automation, which is simple if-then statements. It is if uh, if something, if the person you know wants to know what time the reservation is, look up their reservation ID and tell them the status. Right? That's an if-then statement. You know, it's uh, there's an there's an app for your phone out there called If This and That, which you you all are probably familiar with and if you don't know what it is it's an application that can manage different apps different timers smart home capabilities to say one of the most popular ones is if i become uh close to a certain radius of my house turn the ac on right when you want to walk in you want your house to be cool uh, but you want to save money while you're not there you know the olden days, you had to turn off your AC, you would go to work, save money on your AC while nobody's there, you don't want to be cool in your house, you come back, you turn the AC on, but your house is kind of toasty, and so you have to wait for it to cool down, right? Well, if this and that, the app, it might be called IFT, but it stands for if this and that, but IFT, the application, will talk to your smart home using your geolocation, which is your phone's ping off of cell towers or Wi-Fi as you drive uh, and using GPS, it'll know where you're at. And if it comes within a 20 mile radius or whatever you set, then it'll turn on your smart AC, right? That's collaborative intelligence right there using your everyday life, asking Alexa something, asking Cortana something, that's all collaborative intelligence. So this article now that, I mean, this came out August 19th, so which is today that I'm reporting this on August 19th. So this came out this morning. And so it, if this Forbes article is just saying, hey, collaborative intelligence, hey, man, you guys check this out, then this person doesn't really understand uh, the trends or they're setting people up for a more um, dangerous line of artificial intelligence that I urge all of you to stay away from. I would say that people are still the product. It doesn't matter what you sell. You need to have processes. You need to have people. 
And if you try to replace all of your people with bots, you're going to fail. And if you try to replace all of your processes with people, you're going to fail. You need to start with the processes, understand and master those processes, hire people to carry out those processes, and then go out, purchase, and install, implement technology to support your people. Technology supports your people. People support your processes. All things are gravy. Your uh, clients are happy. Your employees are happy, and you're, you're going to be making money. So, guys, collaborative intelligence, that's what it is. Um, be careful. That's all I really have to say. Uh, be careful of it. Be careful more careful of super intelligence. If you haven't watched Terminator, go watch Terminator because that show, or movie rather, is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. So, that's <laughs> scary. <laughs> we might be pretty close to it. Uh, but super intelligence. Go Google it if you need a uh, we need a conspiracy theory to look up. Um, we're we're pretty close. We're closer than you might think to it. Uh, which is scary but collaborative intelligence you should be doing it in your business and if you work wherever you definitely need to be doing it. it should be step one if you want to start a company so this was a cool cool article and yes it is the future collaborative intelligence is 1000 percent the future and should be the only way forward when using artificial intelligence bots guys thanks for hanging out make sure that you are working wherever say hi to your family eat dinner with them every day enjoy it live like every day is saturday until next time guys see you